get to see them tonight. I sure appreciate them. And, you know, they're quite busy. They're out on the road. And uh, it's good to always get to see them and hear them here, here at home. And uh, appreciate the, the work the Lord's letting them, letting them do. We'll turn to Acts chapter number 20. And uh, I had a short message, so I seen Brother Wesley was here, and I decided to put the long message out. And he sure does love to hear me preach. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, Acts chapter number 20. Yeah, you won't stand for me. You've been sitting for a little bit. We'll just read a few verses here in uh, Acts chapter number 20. We'll begin verse number 17. And from Maltus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came unto Asia what manner of I have what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound uh, in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life, my life dear uh, unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. All right, you can be seated. I want to look at this thought about uh, the Apostle Paul tonight. Our Sunday school lesson, Brother Paul, who does a great job with our adult class, and he's been dealing with uh, a book of Galatians and doing a great job, and, and uh, I appreciate him. And so we're going to look at the life of the Apostle Paul just for a few minutes about him, some of the aspects of his life and uh, some of his actions. And he had some great ambitions, but they were all for the Lord. You know, there's a lot of ambitious people out there today. Uh, I work with some ambitious people, and there's that people that want to get ahead in this world. But I believe Paul had his uh, vision right, and he wanted to get ahead for God. He wanted to do something. We need to have some ambitions. We need to have a desire. You know, Joseph had some dreams. He, he dreamed great dreams that God was going to let him do some things. And I believe uh, we need some uh, people that will just get some vision uh, for what God wants them to do in their life. You know, I, I give all kinds of excuses when God was calling me to preach uh, uh, why I couldn't do it. Uh, but when God uh, moves in and pressures you and burdens you and won't leave you alone, you've got to just surrender. 
surrender to the will of God. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a great preacher. Uh, I'm not a great uh, orator or anything like that, but God just chooses uh, the simple things sometimes and uh, the things that even are not to uh, confound the wise and the mighty. I'm thankful for God. He calls us, uh, even though we're not great or mighty, but he uses us anyway. And so it, this is about the Apostle Paul. Uh, he, he had some ambitions. He had a great attitude. He suffered much affliction. But we first of all want to see here uh, about the Apostle Paul. Paul, uh, his manner, the manner of the Apostle Paul. He had a certain manner about him. And there in verse number 18, it talks about what manner of man he was. And then in verse 19, it says, Serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. So we see the Apostle Paul, his manner, the way he lived, the way he acted, his personality, his behavior that he had amongst the church. I believe he had some respect from the church. Now, there was many that came against him, but it wasn't the people of the church, really. I believe that it was the people that were on the outside. He had a lot of enemy from false prophets and false preachers and false teachers, and there wasn't a few people that, you know, that would stand up and try to fight against him, but who knows if they were even saved or not. I tell you, we shouldn't have fighting amongst ourselves in the house of God. I'm talking about in this body of believers right here, we need to have some uh, loving one another, amen, uh, more than some division. And there's those that are causing division are not in the will of God. That's for sure. We need to be together. Uh, and Paul, he had some people that were against him, but he had humility of mind. I tell you, he had a humbleness about him. He was a servant of God. Uh, he was a willing servant. He was ready to be used of God. He was ready to undertake the task, whatever it was, how big it was. I mean, he, he would direct, he would call God on God for direction in his life. He didn't make a move without God giving him the A-OK. -okay. He said, I'll do this if it's the Lord's will. I tell you, we, we need to get back to that, don't we? Uh, searching uh, uh, for the will of God in our life and what he'd have us to do, where he'd have us to go, what he'd have us to fulfill in our lives. And that's what the Apostle Paul would, he didn't make a move without that okay from God because he was sold out servant of God and completely yielded his life to the hand of God. I tell you, we need some men of God like that today, don't we? I'd like to be a man of God like that. Uh, he was serving uh, willingly. Now there is a, uh, the submissive will of God. Uh, we know that uh, we need to be submitted to the will of God where it is. There's a sovereign will of God. We're not going to change that. Amen. There's a sovereign will of God. It's not God's will that any should perish. That is his will. But he's not going to make you get saved. He's going to let you, you exercise your will to be saved. He wants to save you. He did everything he could to save you. He paid the price. Your redemption's full and free, ready for you if you'll accept it. There's a sovereign will of God. God is going to perform the purpose of his will. It will be accomplished. You want to be a part of it, you can, but there is a sovereign will of God. And I, I mean, I'm not afraid of the sovereignty of God. I know that he's in control. The sun comes up in the morning. That's the sovereign will of God. Hey, you say, we just take it for granted it's going to come up because it is the sovereign will of God for things to keep on going exactly like he set it up in the beginning. Now there's going to be some times coming during the tribulation period. There's going to be some changes in the atmosphere. But for now, 
the sun's rising up in the morning and it's doing its job. The moon's coming up at night doing its job. The stars are still shining. Amen. But it's in the sovereign will of God. There is a sovereign will of God. There's a moral will of God. You know, the morals of God have not changed. Just because we're living in 2023, God has not changed his mind about things. Hey, if he's guiding the word, he cannot lie. He's not going to back up. He's not going to change his mind. He's, for, he's forever the same. Yesterday, today, and forever, he's not changing. Amen. And, and the word of God says it. It's still the same. Hey, living together, shacking up, uh, being in adultery, being in fortification, being in drunkenness. Hey, it's still sin. God's moral law have not changed. It's his moral. There's a moral will of God. He's not going to change for nobody. I mean, listen, uh, stealing and lying and cheating and having a, a malice in your heart, all these things are wrong and it's not going to change. There's a moral will of God and it's settled. It's wrote down. It's sealed. So there's a sovereign will of God. There's a moral will of God. But then uh, we have in our life, we have a will, the will of God, uh, a a particular will of God. There's a particular will of God for your life. You say, oh, I don't know. Yeah, there is a particular will of God that you can foul it up. You know, you can shorten your days. You can shorten your days. They, uh, I remember a preacher used to tell, I can't remember the singer that got saved, uh, and, but he, a uh, preacher said that he went back into uh, the wrong kind of music and everything, and he said, God shortened his days. Now, there was a will of God for that man's life. That was not the will of God for that man's life. He shortened his own days by the way, in the choices he made. He made bad choices. Hey, and God knew he was going to make those choices. God knew he was going to foul up. But God had a, a big plan for this man's life that he could have been used for the glory of God. He knew what he was going to do. But there's a will for your life. You don't have to mess it up. I'm glad God takes us when we mess up. And we come down and repent and get it right and he can get us back on track. But I remember something Pastor said years ago. Brother Alice said, he said that he was talking in, and there was a missionary in the, in the house of God here. And he said, you know, you once you get out of God's will, you're fortunate to get back into God's will. Boy, that's a, I mean, that's a heavy statement right there. I'll tell you what, it's just like the Apostle Paul. Uh, I mean, uh, he knew that God had a particular will for his life and he was striving. He was striving to find the will of God and seeking for the will of God, searching for the will of God. God has a purpose for your life. He didn't just save us to set us around not doing anything. He's got a purpose for your life. We need to be finding out what his purpose is. You know, uh, you think about the Apostle Paul, the weight of this statement right here, the Apostle Paul said, he could say this. You know, a lot of us preachers will say, don't look at me, don't look at my life. Look, to, look at God, look at Jesus, amen. He's, he's the sinless one. But Apostle Paul said this, under the anointing uh, and unction of the Holy Spirit, and it's in the Bible. He said, be you followers of me, even as I am of Christ. Hey, man, what a testimony he had. Hey, what, what a testimony he had to be able to say that. God allowed him to say that and put it in the Bible. Be ye followers of me, even I am of Christ. 
I tell you what, that's a powerful statement. I, I tell you, I don't want too many people, if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in a good way, yes, I, I don't mind people to look at me and say, I, I want to go that direction. Brother Randy said it the, uh, this, this service Sunday. He said that little children are following their daddy's footsteps. Hey, the little the saints of God that's been saved are looking to the older saints of God around this place to find some direction in their life. And I want to know how we... Uh, adding up today. How are we looking at, how are we looking today when it comes to doing the will of God? And, uh, uh, you know, presenting Christ in our life, daily walk, day after day. The Apostle Paul could say it. He said, be you followers of me, he invited me to Christ. Nobody's perfect. Nobody, everybody has failures. We know that. Uh, as long as we live here in this body, but the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't fail. But we, in this flesh, we do have failures, but we can stay filled with the Holy Spirit and stay in tune with God and step with God. We'd be doing a, a great day service to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who've just been saved. We've had a lot of people saved in the last few years here at the church. Praise God. And they want, we want them to see them develop and come out and be a, a, a shining light in this community for the glory of God. Just listen to what preacher preaches. Listen to what he did. Find it. Search the scripture. Say, is it right? Is it in the Bible? I'll tell you what. I, I believe you'll find it in the Bible if Brother Randy preaches it. He preaches. He's a Bible preacher. Amen. He, he's a Bible preacher. He backs it up. And so you'll find it in the Bible. And so, you, you know what? You don't have to doubt it, but just go ahead and check it out if you need to and see if it's in the Bible. But we see Paul's testimony. He was a man of humility. Uh, we're probably not going to get finished with this. Amen. I got my alarm set. Uh, so don't nobody worry. I know what time it is because I got my lock set here. And I'm, I'm going to go about what Brother Randy does on Wednesday night. I feel like that would be probably the Lord's will. And uh, I got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, so... Amen. I'll try to do it. But listen, this man of humility here, he was humility. He had humility about him. Now, when you think about the Apostle Paul, he said, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. A lot of people know, you know, when we're abased, we're crumbling and we're complaining. Paul knew how to handle it when he was abased. He didn't have what he needed. When he was hungry and thirsty and doing without, he knew how to handle his vessel. He knew how to keep, keep his testimony in the midst of it. Hungering and thirsting many days and sometimes a night and a day in the deep. Amen. Out there in the ocean floating around. He knew how to take it. He was probably saying, Lord, you're going to send somebody to rescue me. But I just don't believe he was complaining about it. Oh, man. Little something go wrong at work, first thing I'm doing is I'm, I'm wanting to complain about it. I, I mean, we've had three months of just not going good at work here lately. I tell you, I, I'd sure like to see us get something done tomorrow. Amen. But listen, he, humility, humility. He knows how to be a base. He knows how to abound. He knows how to be full. He knows how to be hungry. He knows how to suffer need. He knows how to be abounding. A lot of people, a lot of people can... Make it when they're, when they're in abundance, you know. They're not complaining because they're in abundance. They're abounding. But at that time, it's a danger of forgetting about being thankful to God. I mean, you, you get to everything's going good. Everything's going great. Everything's 
moving right along smoothly. We got to keep our focus on God in those times too. You know, that's what happened. Israel get blessed of God, get delivered, everything going great. Before you know it, they're right back into idolatry or some other mess. We got to guard ourselves when we're abounding. And we got to guard ourselves when we're abased. And so Paul was humble. You know, Brother Randy says a lot of time, he said, you've got pride if you're complaining. So there's, there's things that identify pride. You know, it's not just a high look or it's not just, uh, you know, feeling of success. Or it's also just our actions and our daily actions that reveal pride in our life. Paul thought this of himself. I'm the least of the apostles. Uh, he said, I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of the living God. He said, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. He kept his humility. Though God had delivered him, though God had saved him, God, God had given him a great position, God had given him a miraculous gift, God had given him heal the sick, raise the dead. I'm talking about a man with many dialects, could speak all different languages, and he came in, he was just a regular person. You know how that'd be today if you had all, that, all those gifts, how hard that would be? It's hard for me to stay humble, and I got none of those gifts. Amen. But Paul, I mean, I can't speak German. I can speak a little German. Do have sign of trouble, do some dynamo prescription. You know, I can speak a little German. It's over there for a while. You know, that means you got to screw loose in your little upper room. That's not too profitable. Amen. I can speak a little German. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, here we, I mean, he, he had all these gifts. He had all this given unto him, all this power of God. And he had all those re revelations. In such a manner of revelations, God had to give him a thorn in the flesh to keep him humble. I got a thinking, Paul said, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. Well, how did God give him all that grace? It's simple. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Because he stayed humble, God poured the grace on him. You want grace? You just stay humble. Hey, don't give, your, don't give yourself the opportunity to lift up and think you have arrived at any time. You are dependent upon the grace of God. If you want the grace of God, you've got to stay humble. Paul's testimony, he stayed humble. He stayed humble. The Bible tells us six things God doeth hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him. And the first thing, a proud look. That's the first thing on the list. God don't like pride. God risks proud. Pride got the devil thrown out of heaven. I tell you, we got to be careful about our pride. Paul's testimony, he stayed humble, no matter how successful it was. And Paul stayed tender. His testimony was he stayed tender in his heart. He stayed tender. It says with many tears. Now, he was a manly man. He was pretty tough. But he had time to try and weep over things. He loved the churches. He constantly kept a burden for the churches. All those things he was going through, uh, the beating and the rods and all those things that pastor said he probably couldn't have children, all that he went through there, all that. But then he said the care of all the churches. Paul kept a burden for the church. You know, brother, pastor, he called me up. He said, brother David, I'll be praying for you tonight. You know what? Uh, he cares about the church. 
He loves the church. He loves his people. This is the flock that God's gave him. He loves you. That's a blessing. And Paul loved the church. The care of all the churches. Pastor cares about this church. Thank God for him. But Paul, he cared for the churches. And he kept a burden. He kept tears. And it says right here in verse 31 of chapter number 20, Wherefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. When he was going out there to the lost and he had tears. He had a tears. Now I've been doing some visitation on the east side of the church out that way. And I've been stopping at these houses out there and trying to talk to them about coming to church and see if they know the Lord. And you know everybody just about saved, but they say, but you know what they need to do? I thought I was saved. Paul thought he was doing pretty good. Very religious. Hebrew of Hebrews, amen. Circumcised the eighth day, had everything down. Ah, Pharisee, Pharisee of Pharisees, amen. But I thought I was saved, but what it took was sitting under preaching for about three years before God broke through the light on me. Because you know what, the, the hardest thing is when you've got a false profession and you start saying, well, I'm all right, I just need to get right with God. I'm all right. I just need to get right with the Lord. Everything's okay. I just need to go down there to the altar. And I'd go down the altar and I'd come back just as defeated as everything. You know what it was? I was lost. And I finally, finally got to that place Christmas Eve night, 1987. God convicted me and opened up my eyes and let me see. And about three months before I got saved, He let me see I was lost. And that's what it takes. I said, I'm lost. I admitted it. I told my wife, I said, I believe I'm lost. And she goes, well, you know what to do. And I said, yeah. You know, I, I, I did know what to do. I knew I needed to trust the Lord. So I went to the, I got up at 10 minutes to 12, Christmas Eve night. And it's a miracle we went up putting toys together or something. That's what we usually was doing. But I got up and I started calling upon God. And I was asking the Lord to save me. I couldn't get no peace. I couldn't get settled at all. And I said, Lord, Lord, I've done all I know to do. I had to put my trust in him. And when I put my trust in the Lord, he, he saved me. I said, Lord, it's up to you if I'm going to be saved. He saved me. He changed me that night. Now, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes since then, but I know one thing. God changed me. He made me a new creature. I've never been like, like I was before. I've never been the same since the Lord saved me. And when he saves you, you have assurance. You know you're saved. That faith that he gives you. Now, my faith's not in a feeling. I didn't have too many feelings that night. I've had a good many feelings since then. But my faith is in the fact, the Word of God. And when I put my faith in the fact, then comes the feelings. You see, love, joy, peace, feelings. I peace in my heart. That I feel right now when I lay my head on my pillow to sleep that is from God I got peace with God the Lord Jesus Christ he, he worked that out for me if you got that peace in your heart that's that's a that's the feeling you're looking for that joy that swells up in you and it turns into rejoicing and you're shouting you're praising God and you're lifting up your hands and glorifying God 
Well, that's to produce from the joy that God's put down in your heart. You remember pastor at camp meeting, what would he say? Is there anybody in here got any joy? Have you got your name written in the book of life? Amen. And rejoice in this. Amen. Amen. That's what Brother Taylor preached. He preached that message here. I don't know, two, two times since I've been here. I know at least two, maybe three, about faith in the facts produces the feelings. Great message. Paul had faith, and it changed his life, and he stayed humble, and he had a burden. He, had, he wept over his enemies of the cross of Christ. Over in Philippians 3, verse 17 says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you off, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. You know why Paul had a burden for them people? Because he was the enemy of the cross of Christ. He was one of them enemies. He was blinded. He thought he was doing God's business when he was going out there persecuting the church, trying to stamp out this false religion, what he thought was false religion. When he got saved, the one who used to persecute the church is now preaching the gospel. That's what they knew. The church said, now he that used to be persecuting us and putting us in jail and throwing us in prison and having us martyred is now preaching the gospel. And they glorified God in him. Amen. He changed his life. But he had tears for these. He hadn't forgot where God delivered him from. Amen, Brother Aspen. He hadn't forgot where God brought him from. We've got the men's home starting up and Amen. He's going to try to help some people that's out there. They, there's people out there that just need some help. And they're going to have a lot of patience. There's, there's going to be some people get some help, though, from that. Paul also, in his testimony, he had many trials that he went through, many temptations that he went through. He said this about Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 8. He said, we're troubled on every side yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. You know what it means to be despair? Altogether without hope. And no Christian in here is ever that place. We're never in despair because we are never without help. Amen. The Lord said, be my helper. The Lord is my hope. He will take care of me. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to be forsaken. Paul said, a lot of things may happen, a lot of calamity, a lot of suffering, a lot of trials, but the Lord is going to be with me, and the Lord's going to give me grace. We preached about that sufficient grace the last time I preached, I think, here. And then Brother Taylor come in and really preached it. Amen. But we preached that. And Paul, Apostle Paul, he said, count it all joy. They, James said, count it all joy, and you fall into diverse temptations. Paul knew what it was to face trials. What about us? Are we ready to face the trials when they come? I'm telling you, things are getting pretty dark in this world in the United States. We may have to really suffer a little bit. Brother Ed Ledford used to say, we may have to suffer a little bit before we get out of there. It may not go out as smooth as we think. We may have to suffer a little bit for the cause of Christ already. I mean, it's set up when you preach against sin we got it in our constitution. To, I think we're we covered 
But, you know, when somebody maybe tries to join the church that's not qualified to join, they may try to get a, your prejudice and bias against us. We got it set in the Constitution. I think we'll be covered, but we may have to suffer a little bit because of our stand. You know, even Charles Stanley, which I don't have, I, I'm not recommending that whatsoever, but he was preaching against Sodomites, and they were marching on the church steps the next Sunday. They're bold. I think a preacher brother it preached here, he preached here, but I can't think of his name. They were knocking on his church door after he preached on Sodom and took a strong stand against it. They're bold. We may have to suffer a little bit before we get out of here. But then, not only Paul's method, Paul's manner, but Paul's method. He kept back nothing that was profitable in verse 20. Nothing that was profitable and he showed you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Going out there and sharing the gospel. He was not ashamed to declare the whole counsel of God. I tell you, he, he, would preach, uh, he would preach doctrine. That's what is right. He would preach reproof. That's what's not right. He would preach correction. That's how to get it right. And he would preach instruction. That's how to keep it right. God would show him those things. He would share the word of God. And you know, that is our guide, the word of God. The Lord's give us the Bible. Help us to know what's right and what's wrong. To know good and evil, we can find it in the Bible. It's pretty simple. Paul preached it. That was his manner. He personally told, he, he personally dealt with Felix and Drusilla, and he desired that they be saved. He began to preach righteousness and temperance, self-control. And then he said, and the judgment. He began to deal with that judgment. And old Felix began to shake and to tremble under the power of God and the coming judgment. You know, people just don't even think about it these days. But there is a coming judgment. Every Christian will stand before God one of these days at the judgment seat of Christ. But every lost sinner is going to the great white throne judgment. And there's going to be judgment for the deeds they've done in this body. And I mean, there's going to be accountability one day. Paul's method was to preach the Word of God, preach the Bible. Paul's message did not change. He preached repentance. He, re he preached repentance, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance is a turning from and faith is a turning to. He's got to turn from and you got to turn to. Brother Emerson preached, you can repent until you turn blue. If you don't exercise faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to go away a lost sinner. And you can come trying to exercise faith, but if you're not willing to let go, if you make issue in your life on something. All right? I mean, I went to visit uh, years and years ago. I, I went after I preached. They had me come to their home. They got, her, got in trouble, got in conviction. And I went there, and uh, this lady asked me, she said, now, if I get saved, I have to give up a certain thing. And I said, well, you do now. She just made an issue. She already knew she needed to give that up. She already knew that that wasn't right. And she knew that God's already put his finger on it. And she said, now, if I get right with God, am I going to have to give this one thing up right here? Yeah, if you make an issue out of it, you know you're going to have to get rid of it. That's what you're going to have to repent of. You can't love that more than God. 
and get by with it. So repentance is turning from. You know, Jesus preached repentance. He told them, David, you had to repent. Now I tell you, except you repent, shall all likewise perish. John the Baptist preached repentance. Peter preached repentance. Apostle Paul preached repentance. Amen. Brother Allen preached repentance. Now I want to stand with the truth and preach repentance as well. Repentance is still in the Bible. Repentance is still a doctrine in the Bible. Amen. Repentance is a change of mind. It has three aspects. It's intellectual. You must acknowledge that you're a transgressor. And then emotional. You must have, have some godly sorrow. You're sorry that you're in this situation. You're sorry about your sin and you're willing to turn from it. And then a volitionary, you have to change of will. Yeah, you're ready, you're ready to turn from those things that you once loved. You know, pastor says it, he changed my desires. Amen. At repentance, it's, it deals with the will. A turning from sin, a change of desires. And the message of faith is the same. The message of faith is that there's an intellectual element. You must believe the word of God. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ. He came. He died. He, he lived a sinless life. He died. He, he rose again. On the third day, you must believe the gospel intellectually, emotionally, mostly. I believe there is emotion. I believe there is love, joy, peace. When you get saved, I didn't have a lot of feelings that day, but I've had a lot since then. I mean, God just roll over and blow through the service. I know what that's, I know what they're talking about. I know what Billy Kelly and the old timers were talking about when God blows through a service. Amen, brother. Oh, I know what they're talking about. I am not in the dark about it. God does come through the service. There is an emotional element and there is a volitional element, a change, a surrender of our heart to God and let him direct our lives, the Lordship of Christ. He is Lord. The ministry of the Apostle Paul, he was determined to do something for God. He had a desire to do something for God. He was dedicated to do something for God. And he would say, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that day, not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Paul stayed dedicated in the ministry God gave him. I tell you, we, we was there and there in the Lord's will in Germany for a while, for 12 years, God, God let us come home and be here with our mom when our dad passed away and all this that's gone on, all this sickness and my brother-in-law passed away and now my son-in-law has went on to be the Lord. We're here for Amanda. I don't know what in the world, if God would have left us in Germany, how we would have been able to stand it without our, our being here for our family. God brought us in for such time as this. God, got, he can send me back out. But for right now, he's brought me in. And I thank the Lord he's let me be here and be back home church. And our, our, all our family wept when we had to leave the church. We, we, didn't, want to, we didn't want to leave, but we, God put Germany in our heart. When we got there, the girls got Germany in their heart. It's really just, just blessing to be able to serve God. 